0: Welcome, Bill Martin, to this testimonial interview. And, Bill, I don't think we've met in person, but I've heard about you from my friend and mentor here at Grace Fellowship International, Charles Solomon. And you met Chuck quite a few years ago, didn't you?
1: Oh, I was back about uh, 1975, I think.
0: Right. Well, that was a couple of years after I finished high school. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I get that a lot these days.
0: <laughs> I know. The time flies by. Uh could we start this conversation out with you sharing a bit about how you came to know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, your background?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> I was raised uh, in the, you know, the kind of the Red Hill countries of uh, North Louisiana. Uh, my family didn't really go to church uh, for the first eight, nine, ten years of my life. And uh, so it, I think it was. The catalyst for their beginning to go to church probably was uh, well no doubt about it it was the death of my my younger brother and so after that we began to go to church and um, when I was about 12 years of age I accepted the Lord at that point and I uh, was baptized and from that point on I really uh, was involved in church uh, pretty continuously there were times when um, it was not as easy as it was at other times. But, uh, you know, church at that time was a little different than uh, probably you might conceive of it. In other words, <clears throat> when I became a Christian, uh, we went to church. Uh, it was sort of like belonging to the Lions Club. Uh, you know, I, w- I went regularly, attended the meetings. Uh, Enjoyed the fellowship and uh, it, you know obeyed the rules, just like you would uh, any other organization. But it was uh, it was there was no emphasis on the <clears throat> the spirituality of being in Christ. I didn't even I didn't even understand the term at that point, and probably that was true for twenty thirty years.
0: It was more religion than personal relationship.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like I say, it was kind of like uh, belonging to the Lions Club. Uh, and, you know, even during that time, when I was at college, I went uh, on mission trips with uh, the Baptist Student Union there. And uh, so I was actively involved, but uh, I just didn't understand the discipleship or aspects of being a Christian and how to live the Christian life or, you know, how to allow Christ to live his life through me.
0: And how then did you come to receive Christ as your personal Savior, the the new birth?
1: Well, that was, uh, I was in the, uh, you know, we were in church at that time. That was when I was about, uh, we started going to church when I was about 10 and uh, I, re- I was uh, I received Christ as my Savior when I was about twelve years of age. It's been a long time ago, so I don't remember the exact time. I remember the the incident, but not the time.
0: So you did have um, the gospel was clear enough for you to personally receive Christ. But in terms uh, of the- yes, yeah, my Sunday school teacher, you know, at that time explained
1: it to me. So it was it was pretty clear
0: terms of discipleship, it was more just church activity and kind of going with the flow, kind of like a more of a christian uh organization rather than a discipleship process oh yeah
1: I matter of fact i don't I don't think anybody taught me anything. I'd go to Sunday school and listen to the stories and Bible teaching, but uh it was just like an
0: academic lesson. One of the aspects of discipleship bill is um uh crowning Christ king of our life we confess him as Lord when we're saved but as a 12 year old we don't fully unpack what that means Uh, you said that you're learning the Bible stories and going through church activities Uh, can you recall when you had a more we might call a total surrender to the Lord uh, as (coughs) your
1: well I think that was uh, pretty gradual matter of fact uh, I probably was in my early 40s when that took place. I was in Vietnam. Uh, I was stationed in Saigon. And so, uh, you know, things were not going well at that time. My priorities were at that time, you know, prior to that time, my priorities were based on uh, career advancement, uh, that sort of thing. And uh, I guess in Vietnam, I began to see, uh, kind of be disenchanted with a lot of the things that I saw. And so when I came back, my wife and I became very involved in uh, in a Bible study. I, when I came back in Vietnam, we were, I was assigned to K.I. Okay, Sawyer. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to pull in strings to get that assignment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And so we had a very good active Bible study because it was pretty much an isolated tour. And at that point, I began to have a a much greater interest in spiritual things than I had before. And so that interest grew, and my involvement grew, until about 19—well, let's see, in 19— 76, I moved to San Antonio, 75, 74, I moved to San Antonio. and I was still in the military then, and uh, it was at that time that uh, I had uh, happened to read a book by Jack Taylor, it was called The Key to Triumph for Living, and that really whetted my interest in uh, uh, a deeper spiritual life than I had experienced prior to that. And uh, it was shortly after that that uh, some friends of mine uh, uh, invited us to a dinner to host uh, uh, Chuck and Sue, and that was where I met Chuck Solomon.
0: Fascinating. Um, when you mentioned your your tours uh, of duty and so forth, uh, you're in the military, sounds like that was your primary career. Um, did oh, you, yeah, yeah, you know,
1: until I was uh, –
0: <laughs> well, uh,
1: I'd say about forty, because at about forty, I kind of made up my mind that I was going to change my priorities. Uh, I no longer the primary focus was no longer necessarily my career. I didn't abandon it, but uh, at that point, yeah, you, know, you know, I had uh, teenage boys and teenage girls, and I just knew that I had to change my focus to family orientation. And so when I came back from Vietnam, like I say, I was assigned to uh, K.I. Sawyer in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And uh, immediately, uh, you know, I bought some snowmobiles and canoes and campers and just do things with the family and with the kids. And so my priorities changed at that particular time. But uh, also my interest in spiritual things was greatly enhanced at that time.
0: Well, um before we proceed about your spiritual journey, uh could you just clarify a little bit about um what branch of the military were you serving with?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I was in the Air Force. I had a career in the Air Force. Um uh, most of the time I was with Strategic Air Command. Uh I was a crew member flying on b 47s B-58s, B-52s and um uh, the reason I was in uh, Saigon was I was assigned to the SAC-Advanced SAC Echelon targeting, doing targeting for B-52s in Southeast Asia.
0: Uh, we appreciate your service uh, for our country, Bill. Um, Thank you very much. Wife, your your wife is, is Helen, and uh, how many children?
1: We have three children and seven
0: grandchildren. Okay, congratulations. And three greats. All right. Uh, God bless you all. You were saying that you uh, read Jack Taylor's book, *The Key to Triumphant Living*, which has been a great blessing to me as well. You met uh, Chuck and Sue Solomon, and so um, that was in the San Antonio, Texas area. Uh,
1: Yes, I was still in the military at that time, and um, so uh, when I met him, then you know he was there for a conference. So I went to the conference. My wife and I attended the conference and really got a lot out of it it really enhanced my understanding of um <clears throat> you know the spiritual things at that point it still wasn't that clear but i it greatly enhanced my understanding
0: so the what we might call the exchange life the galatians 220 message of, of uh,
1: yeah that that was uh the message that came out of the conference and you know i had to kind of uh, digest that and uh you know, work on it for a while.
0: Well, it's certainly the meat of the word, and it needs a lot of chewing and digesting. But you had uh, Jack Taylor's book uh, as a uh, introduction, and then the conference to unpack it and illustrate it uh, more. And so, how did that message go from head to heart, so to speak, and come into focus for you?
1: Well, in uh, 1980, I was still on active duty, and. Um, I started having a lot of health problems and uh, later it was determined it was probably Agent Orange. I had a couple of heart attacks and a stroke, uh, developed diabetes, you know, a few things like that. And so uh, when I had my heart attack, naturally the military didn't really need my services anymore. And so I was, uh, my wife (laughs) tells me I was quite depressed there for a couple of weeks. And um, so... Uh, We had moved to Denver. I was at Lowry Air Force Base and uh, knew that Chuck was there and Grace Fellowship International was there. And so we set up a a time to attend the conference there. And uh, so my wife and I attend the conference again. And when we completed the conference, then uh, I decided to go ahead and do an internship and so i spent several months there doing doing the internship and uh really enjoyed and, and be, began to have a greater understanding of identification with christ and the exchange life.
0: Praise the lord did you um have the opportunity to do that while you were still in the military or did you need to step step in?
1: <laughs> well actually i was uh in the military for a few more months until you know all the medical processes were taken care of, and then, of course, I was retired medically from, well, I had my 20 years, but I was retired uh, medically and for years also from the military at that time, so that's, we were still pretty much in touch with uh, Chuck and Grace Fellowship at that time and Lee Favor.
0: So you had your, your um, retirement from the military, uh, and uh, after... 20-plus years and the medical factors. So did that give you an opportunity then to have more time to do the internship?
1: Oh, yeah. I started to, uh, matter of fact, I started working just, I say working, doing counseling part-time at at my church there. It was Mississippi Avenue Baptist. So I worked with uh, them doing counseling for, you know, after I'd taken the internship for a period of time, not too long, but a period of time.
0: I ask Bill what um the internship was like for you. You you and Helen attended the conference in Texas, you attended it in Denver, um and then the leading to go deeper with the internship. What was what was your experience uh with the internship and how did it help equip you?
1: Well, I'll tell you. It uh it was sort of like a first century church environment, you know, it uh my my thoughts at that time was, you know, church staff people were kind of like uh, the apostles. And so I thoroughly enjoyed the fellowship, the environment, the teaching. It was just a totally positive experience.
0: Kind I'm of immersed in the word and fellowship and these the grace truths, right? Right. Well, I, if I recall, that's about a three-month process, and then Mississippi Avenue Baptist, uh ministering there with counseling. How did the Lord lead you from there to use uh, the discipleship counseling in other ways?
1: <laughs> uh, well, one one evening Chuck called me and asked me to come over and talk to him and Sue. So, and so my wife and I went over and uh, <clears throat> Chuck asked me if I'd consider maybe, you know, becoming a, a counselor for Grace uh, Fellowship. And I told him, I said, well, Chuck, I'm not prepared to do that. I don't have the qualifications to do that. And uh, so we didn't decide that night, but uh, Chuck uh, asked me several times and finally convinced me that I'd be able to do it. And so he wanted me to come uh, to Springfield, uh, Missouri. Bill Gillum was leaving the center here. And he was moving to Fort Worth or Dallas one, and so I was. He wanted me to come and uh, take over the center from uh, Bill Gillum, and so finally I said, "Well, Chuck, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I'm qualified, but I'll I'll try it." So that's what I did.
0: Aren't you glad that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Cons- I wasn't that convinced I'd be able to do it, but it worked out fine.
0: So you and Helen took that step of faith, went to Springfield, Missouri. And uh, could you tell us a bit about your time in uh, Springfield and, and uh, what was involved in the, the ministry there?
1: Well, it was an established ministry. I don't know if you know Bill Gillum or knew
0: Bill Gillum or not. him often <laughs> and We certainly appreciate his, uh, his materials, uh, he and Annabelle and their books and videos. Yeah.
1: Uh anyway, uh, bill had a, you know, a well-established center here, and so it was just a matter of moving in and, you know, picking up the picking up the job. Uh so I didn't have to build anything. At that time, there was a change in the uh, uh I guess you'd say the procedures of Grace Fellowship up until that time there had been a salary uh type in environment but uh, i think at that you know that somewhere along the line that chuck and lee had decided that that was not going to be a a feasible and sustainable uh, approach and so they transitioned to raising your own funds well you know i didn't i was a very transient individual i didn't know very many people that i could go to and raise funds so it was a difficult time from a financial standpoint uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it if I hadn't had my retirement.
0: it was a blessing to you, for you to have your military retirement to supplement that.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, it was you know that was necessary through most of the most all the times that uh, I have been a counselor. The military really has my real military retirement has sustained me.
0: Well, uh, you retired in one sense, but you got redeployed in terms of spiritual ministry. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, after uh, your Springfield years, uh what happened next?
1: Well, we were here uh a year or so and uh the Tom, can't remember his last name, who was the director at uh Grace Fellowship in San Antonio, uh had some health problems and he had to take a, a break. And so the the board at San Antonio contacted me and wanted to know if I'd come down and uh, uh, be director of the board at San Antonio. And my wife and I always, had always enjoyed the San Antonio area. And so I really was uh, open to that. And so we decided finally that that's what we would do. We would move to San Antonio. And so I moved. We moved down, and I uh, worked with the Grace Fellowship International at San Antonio. That's when that's when I met Jack. That's when I met uh, you know some of the people we talked talking. To. Yeah, we'd, we'd met him there in 1975, and uh, so you know I didn't when I moved there. I knew I had some contacts, and it was helpful.
0: You continued to do uh, discipleship counseling there at the San Antonio
1: ministry. Oh, yeah. It was was the same approach toward counseling. And then uh, I was uh, with that center for, oh, I don't remember. It was a year, a couple of years probably. And um, the center, of course, we had a lot of financial problems there also. And so I had to... At that point, I had to make some hard decisions about salaries, and I figured, well, I had my military, so I cut my salary pretty drastically and and maintained secretary and other people who were involved there. And um, after that period of time, I was approached by the pastor of the church there that wanted me to establish a, a peer counseling and discipleship ministry. Uh, based on,
0: you know, the exchange life concepts. Well, that's that's an uh, important ministry for churches to catch a vision for uh, this counseling, not only to be, you know, uh, by specialists, but by those who know Christ's life and can be equipped to offer mutual encouragement and guidance. So, how did that develop?
1: Well, I'm, I probably was uh, with the church there for three or four years and uh it developed into quite a quite an extensive counseling center uh toward the end we'd had a we had a fire in the counseling center complex uh it wasn't in the counseling center but it also included uh, a maintenance area and the maintenance area caught fire and so that was a great disruption and it wasn't too long after that that uh, I made a decision that uh I would uh, prefer to do something a little different, and it, we didn't. I didn't do it immediately, but I went from being on church staff, eventually going with Menrith and Meyer. I don't know if you're familiar with Menrith and Meyer or not.
0: They're also based in Texas, aren't they? Uh,
1: well, uh, they they were scattered pretty well over the country. Uh, at some point, there, Doctor Menrith took the eastern coast, and Doctor Meyer took the southern part, and so I worked primarily
0: with Dr. Meyer. I have their book, Healthy Christian Living, which is the Bible study homework from their center. Um, What was your responsibilities with Meneth Meyer? Oh, I was a
1: very busy counselor. There were times when I'd have seven, eight hours of counseling a day, and that was really very... um, uh, very taxing particularly since you know I had had a couple of heart attacks and a stroke and so it was a pretty taxing uh schedule for me and um, you know my not only did I do clinical work but I did the hospital work too I you know conducted groups at the hospital had patients at the hospital it was a it was a psychiatric Christian psychiatric clinic
0: what city was it based in
1: uh Richardson, I think, in uh, north of Dallas.
0: Sounds like you had a busy schedule with uh the counseling with hospital groups, um the activity at the hospital. And uh how many years were you there?
1: Oh <clears throat> seemed like it was about six or seven years. I'm not exactly sure how exactly how many it was.
0: And uh they they were okay with you using the the emphasis of the cross and the exchange life in your counseling?
1: Well, uh, I did the, uh, and you know they tried to maintain a Christian orientation, but I couldn't say that it was uh, it was governed strictly by the idea of the exchange of life. Uh, you know, there were a lot of lot of different counselors and uh, with a lot of different backgrounds, so I wouldn't say that was universally the guidance.
0: Right. So there was diversity in the the approaches that their counselors took but uh were you able to continue with um the type of counseling that you've been doing and, and Oh the, sure and I
1: fellowship? had I had yeah I had full freedom to counsel uh I you know if I needed a doctor uh, to ask a question I had total freedom to see them and talk to them but uh I did my counseling just like I always did
0: It was great to have that freedom and uh to see the Lord use it in that setting as you think about the ministry over the years, Bill, uh, are there some some examples that come to mind about how the Lord used the counseling in people's lives? Uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: the one that immediately comes to my mind is a, a young lady that, uh, say, a young lady, she was an adult, you know, a full grown adult, and had a couple of uh, high school children. And, uh, she had uh, gotten a divorce but had uh, come up pregnant. And a friend of mine brought her to see me, and so this was, I think, one Sunday afternoon. And so I talked with her two or three hours and uh, convinced her that uh, abortion was not really a, a good option and told her that I would work with her Uh, through the pregnancy and uh, the birth and help her, you know, see her through all that. And so she did, and uh, I, you know, the child was born, and my wife and I went, we were talking the other day. We went to the first birthday party, and then I didn't hear anything for, what, 20-something years. Got a letter, and uh, she was, uh, had included pictures of this child that had just finished college and telling me how much she had uh, uh had really appreciated the you know the the work that I did with her and the part of the you know the good part about it now she's doing Christian counseling herself not in a formal way I don't she and her husband are in in a ministry and uh the young the lady that brought her to me is also a Christian counselor so That's good feedback.
0: What an encouragement to get that kind of letter and to remember how God used you to minister to her and actually save the life of this unborn child. Praise the Lord, brother. Um, As you think about the variety of people that God brought your way in Springfield, uh, there in San Antonio and also in Richardson, um, are there any other, I guess, examples that come to your mind about the kind of cases I guess there's a lot of folks with depression and anxiety problems and uh, marital struggles any other examples come to mind about how people responded to the counseling
1: I you know there are a lot of you know there's one for example the first couple that comes to my mind is uh, a couple that lived in San Antonio for years and years and, and um, has been in touch with me all these years and um she she wrote me some letters about how the the concept of the exchange life or identification with Christ had impacted her life and uh it you know encouraged her to also use that in ministry within within the church she's just been a great encouragement to me because all, after all these years, that was, you know, back 1981, 82, somewhere along there. Um, that's been a long time, and, and, you know, my wife and I just recently celebrated our 60th wedding anniversary. And uh, they drove all the way up from South Texas just to uh, come to a party that we had had. So, we, you know, we formed some pretty close friendships over the years through that ministry.
0: Well, So you not only have seen God used the message in people's lives through the appointments, but then uh, some special friendships have developed over the years where people express appreciation and stay in touch, and that's a real encouragement, isn't it?
1: Oh, it really is. It's You know, those are people that just have a very special place in the heart.
0: I'm sure you and Helen have a special place in the hearts of many for uh, sharing this message over the years, and we really appreciate you uh, taking this time to tell us a bit about your spiritual journey and, and ministry years. Um, Bill, as we start to uh, wrap up the conversation, do you have any recommendations, let's say, for someone who might be listening to this recording that has a burden to help others uh, find victory in Christ? Uh, what any, uh, suggestions come to your mind that might be good to to guide them in-
1: well, uh, like I say, uh, if I look back, I've gone back and I've read Chuck's books three or four times, you know, particularly the Handbook to Happiness and uh, Ins and Out of Rejection. Uh, they're basic reference books, so far as I'm concerned, in terms of going back. Now, I, You know, I read other people like uh, uh, a couple of books that I like. I like uh, Watch My Knee, I like. Uh, Vern Fromke he talks about uh the ultimate attention that is uh you know focus on on christ and it it becomes the focus of life and so you know good a good conference <laughs> attending your conferences is a good a good option. I know I've attended a lot of uh seminars and conferences. I don't think I've ever had one that impacted my life quite as much, much as the uh as the exchange life conference.
0: praise the Lord for that brother and it sounds like the Lord used it in your life if you also then followed up with the internship experience and, and even uh sharing this message in personal ministry there at the grace fellowship offices in Springfield in texas and so forth so thanks for that endorsement and I also greatly value watchman knee and DeVern Froncki's book, Ultimate Intention, uh, really deserves to be read and savored by everyone in terms of the God-centered living and ministry. Yeah. Well, Bill, we thank you so much for sharing some of your personal testimony and ministry experience uh, in the interview. And uh, it's so encouraging to speak with brothers and sisters in the Lord who have been used in this way to share not only the gospel of salvation, but the gospel of abundant living with those who are hurting. So God bless you and Helen, and thanks so much for your time with us today. Well, it was my pleasure.
1: I appreciate uh, the opportunity.